Hello everyone and welcome to Going 19 episode 23. Today we are discussing Stephen King's It, chapters 16, 17, 18, and the fourth interlude. I am Ed, with me is Ember and Allie. Let's start the show. doing um, the bad break through the fourth interlude. Yes, lots of stuff in this part. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot, lot of nitty gritty stuff that is absolutely horrible that I kind of forgot about. Yeah. Um, Alright. Uh, everybody ready? Yeah. yeah. Going 19, episode 23, I think. Uh, <laughs> chapter 16 through the fourth interlude. So, go. Um, uh, well, I gotta find my page. Yeah. Um, so, initial thoughts? Um, I didn't remember that they, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I didn't remember that they already took him on, like in that silver slug section. I thought they were just making them. I was like, oh, this is it. This is the first one. <laughs> well, there's th- I think they go back again as kids, but still, that yeah. surprised me. It was almost like there was two battles as kids. I didn't remember that either. Uh, I was yeah. thinking, I don't like they fought the werewolf in the sewers or something. I don't know. I didn't really think about it because I know, or well, I don't know, but I think they go into the sewers through Kneebolt Street, don't they? Through that uh, thing that used to be a toilet. Uh, I think That's they go in, or maybe not through that. But some wasn't there like a hole in the house or something? They went down. I guess we'll find out. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I thought for some reason that they went down like somewhere near the Barrens, like one of Ben's Morlock holes or whatever he says. Oh my God! You don't know what a Morlock hole is? No. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know. The, I know where it's from, but. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably the one thing that the first movie got right. Like, that's what I picture exactly. Like, one of those uh, concrete cylinders that are sticking, like, three feet above the ground with a man. Yeah. I think yeah. those have been uh, more lock holes. And especially if you're a kid and you see something like that. Like, as an adult, it looks weird. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird uh, rules that where Pennywise comes from. If you don't believe, you're all good. Think is what uh, I got out of that, or uh, well, you could be all bad too. It depends on how it goes. Yeah, I was like, not quite, because there are adults who get tossed in here that I don't think they really had a choice. Yeah, I thought it was you don't believe he could kill you. It's kind of both. Like, like belief <laughs> is reality. Maybe that's the way to say. It. If you believe it, that's what it is. Like with the uh, if you. The way I see it, it's like, if you believe it, it has the potential to just make you even more afraid before it kills you. But if you don't believe it, it can still kill you. <laughs> or True. it can drive you insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they all, they all believed in the silver bullet without question. Like, what is, I think I, I highlighted it, of course. I've been told I highlight everything. But, uh, <laughs> it's, um, fuck, crap, I lost my train of thought. Just like that. Uh, they all believe, oh, they had seen enough movies uh to 
something something to know that the silver bullets would work. They didn't even question it. They all believed in, immediately. <laughs> but then when they come back as adults, it's much harder because you know they don't believe in everything anymore. Right. And we're not there yet, but that's one of the theories as to why um, they have the ritual that they have in order to preserve their magic as children. <laughs> yeah. Not that it makes it better, but that was one thing I saw that I was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, all right, so we basically start off with Eddie's bad break. We, we didn't end the last time so um yeah which i actually i enjoyed this section more than i thought i would because eddie's not really been one of my favorite characters but i like okay this part of him yeah like him and mike too like mike's kind of a late comer but i don't feel like there was a lot of bonding with mike in the group he just like was there and he was one of them all of a sudden i don't know what it is though but i love mike's character like i think just because he's been through already and like he's he doesn't I don't know maybe now that I think about it I'm like it's not fair because I think I just see Mike is a lot stronger than Eddie and maybe that's why I like him more and you know they're all still kids <laughs> mm, you know what is it well but Mike's had to deal with a lot more than anyone in the group has really yeah Mike kind of got maybe like Bev. for like 30 years Mike's been uh, the, the keeper of the lighthouse while they all went and got famous well, I haven't even as kids, but yeah, that's a very good point, too. He got the short stick as an adult, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, all the famous people should, like, you know, put some money in his bank account. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I'm sure that they would, but Mike wouldn't have it. That's probably true, too. <laughs> um all right, so Mr. Keen calls him. Well, okay, I think it starts with Henry breaking his arm, or does it start with Mr. Keen? It kind of starts with both. It, I know it really starts, starts with Mr. Keen. Yeah, because Eddie's frazzled thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Hey, you like you want an ice cream soda? He's like, oh god, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> he's offering me treats. I also liked the the dynamic of like adult and child and the trust there because he's like. You seem like you're trying to help me, but also you seem like you're trying to hurt me. I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're supposed to trust adults, but uh, this is dairy, and you can't <laughs> trust anybody that's an adult. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's uh, a line that I highlighted that where he thinks grown-ups are the real monsters, and it's like, that is yeah. particularly true in dairy. I mean, I saw that, and yes, but there's also Pennywise. <laughs> so there's 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 adult monsters and there's uh, actual monsters. Just don't live in dairy. <laughs> Moral right. of the story: Don't live in dairy. <laughs> or Banger, for that matter. <laughs> no, they're nothing oh. alike. Well, yeah, old Banger's <laughs> twenty miles down the road, apparently. So I haven't. Yeah. Seen Mr. Keen would say something like, Eddie, nine out of ten doctors agree that asthma medicine gives you cancer. Just like the x-ray <laughs> machines. So it actually starts with the conversation. Then what we backtrack to Henry breaking his arm. I mean, I there's not a lot to say about that. Henry's being Henry and he breaks his arm. Apparently, Although I think... I, like... go ahead. Uh, I was going to say... Gonna... <laughs> okay. I'll go. Uh, 
yeah. even Henry, you can tell Henry is losing his shit or has lost his shit because now, like every time he does something, even the people with him are like, "Whoa, dude! Like, look, I'm not in for all this." I'm, I'm like, I think uh, Ali said last time, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the normal bullying, but you're going over the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, which I think is an, a particularly interesting dynamic to set up, considering we're about to meet uh, the who seems to be un- unanimously the town crazy Patrick Hoxtetter, and I'm like, and even he is painted as worse than Henry Bauer. So I'm like, damn, these people are awful. Uh, I think Pennywise did the world a favor. Yeah, right. (laughs) That story was not going to end well. Uh, (laughs) But he's like one of my favorite people. Oh, he's so awful. Just the, just the, the, we'll get there. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Uh, One thing I was going to say. Good. Well, I th- I'm talking about Eddie. So if you have something to say about Henry, then go ahead. Not good. Uh, just like even him finding out about the whole like you know sugar water thing, a part of me is like the whole theme this entire book has been if you believe in it, it will help you. So why is this really that different? Like I mean I understand from like a, a health perspective that his mom has been hurting him, but like for. I don't know, as the reader, it doesn't feel that jarring because, like, Stan uses bird book and, you know, like, Richie used itching powder. Like, it's like, whatever you believe in will help you. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was weird in the house when when, uh, Stan's like, I have nothing. And Bill's like, yes, you do. You have a bird book. Like, so, like, you have, he's like, you have your brother. I have nothing. Like, he's like, oh, you have a bird book. Like, uh, okay. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? I mean, he ends up using it. We all know that. Yeah. It was. Fucking is Bill stand. saying that the the memory of his brother is what helps him? Well, actually, yeah, I could see that. Never mind. <laughs> well, that definitely motivates him. And then he forgets that he ever lived, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, I like how you know, and I think he started this talking about oh, you know, look at old Mr. King, not the nicest guy in the world. Like Stephen King decided Mr. King wasn't a nice guy, but but in the writing he's not he's i, I don't know i kind of like him like i'm looking back at jake from you know 11 he talks he does the same thing what an asshole he is but it was kind of jake that was being the asshole uh i don't yeah, see that's what I like he's yeah he's trying to do the right thing here the way i see it like he's like enough is enough i can't keep taking their money and have this kid live his whole life thinking he's got asthma and what kind of pharmacist uh, thinks like that? You know what I mean? Big Pharma is not known for not wanting money. <laughs> oh, Big Pharma. Big Pharma is not there. <laughs> yeah, right. he's a small town Big Pharma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the 50s. I don't know if they had Big Pharma yet or it was just starting. Uh, That's good. So, yeah, I mean, he's... I kind of like him. And, even, and, you know, my whole thing was always like, Eddie knows... Yet he still does it. Thirty years later, he's still hitting the damn thing, and he knows it's useless and pointless. But you know, it's not, I guess I don't think it's necessarily pointless because it's all about like he has anxiety. That is a real disease. So if there's something that he can do that doesn't hurt him, that helps him with his anxiety, then I don't think it's useless. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, maybe you, I don't know. It feels useless. It seems like a placebo. Well, it is a placebo. It seems like a psychosomatic hypochondriac thing but i mean perception is also reality so (laughs) 
Yeah, but but he believes in it still. He knows it's crap, it's but same, he still believes in it. The same uh, the same reason, like people who have extreme OCD, I'm sure that they know that if they don't touch the doorknob three times, they won't actually die, but they still do it every time. Yeah, do you know that they, do you know that for a fact? No, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist. Have you, have you said Candyman five times in a mirror? <laughs> I've said Bloody Mary three times, I think. Three times, yeah. I forget, yeah. I forget how I've many times. done Bloody Mary. He was one hanging out in the cemetery and uh, when we were in Baltimore. You had to go to a certain grave, throwing a thing, Bloody Mary three times? Yeah, something like that. I was She's like, all over the place. Ah, you know, she'll whore herself out to anybody. <laughs> any myth, legend that's appropriate. Um, was that strong? Maybe I shouldn't have used that word. Yes. Uh, so, Mr. Keen says, <coughs> it's all in your head. Grown-ups could be so hateful in their power sometimes. I thought that was interesting. Alright, like, did you want him to just keep lying to you? He does a lot of kid perspective, which I guess makes sense because it's about kids. But he's, I don't know, he's really good at that. And he's still doing that. Like, the Institute was about a bunch of kids. And he's, what, 68 when he wrote that? How does he uh, remember? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking because I was I was I was actually thinking that exact thing. It's like so if I wrote right now, would I be able to put myself in you know a 12 year old mindset? And I don't know. I don't. I don't know that. I, I mean, I'm, maybe once you get going, you can remember it. I don't know. Right now, like I don't know that I want to remember 12. It wasn't one time. That'll let me talks to kids and tries to regain that perspective. Well, that's true. He doesn't have his own kids, so maybe that helped. I think, what did we say? He was around 40 or something when he wrote this. We're pushing 40. He was like 39. I think he's, he's 47, right? This came out in 86. So he probably had kids about that age at that time, so that probably helped. Because the um, um, intro was for his kids. Yeah, they all are. Or most, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, he yeah. actually had named, he named their ages, I think, didn't he? Um, yeah, I did. Naomi at 14, Joe at 12, and Owen at 7. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. That's uh, one way to get back in the kid mindset is to hang out with kids. Yeah. They do a lot of time playing guns. I guess maybe that's what he did. Maybe there wasn't nothing else to play with in the 50s. They just went and played in the shit water and pretended they were shooting people. Um. All right, so basically, Mr. Keen freaks him out, and he runs, and then Henry sees him, and then he breaks his arm. Wait. Oh, so Mr. Keen was before Henry. I was thinking it was after for some reason. Yeah. Um. Thinking about that when he had not run into him. Okay. And then my, well, maybe my favorite. One of my favorite characters uh, enters the picture, Mr. Patrick Hockstetter. Uh So the first thing I noticed is there's a lot of Henry, there's a lot of Vic, there's a lot of Belch, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. But it's always Patrick Hockstetter. Patrick Hockstetter. First name, last name, every time. Until right before he dies. Then he becomes Patrick or something. Oh, I didn't even pay attention to that. That's interesting. 
Yeah, I, it's, it's almost like, you know, first, last name means you're on your way up. Uh, but I haven't tested that theory yet. But I think <laughs> it's like, you know, do you watch, do you watch South Park? Mm-hmm. You know how everybody that sucks has like half a head that comes off? Um. Well, if you didn't know that, you know that now. Like Ike and like Saddam Hussein, like all the characters, they're not oh. the, top, the top of their heads aren't attached. When they talk, it comes completely off. I didn't. <laughs> I, I noticed that the, some of the characters did that, but I never put the connection together. Why? Yeah, I don't know why. <clears throat> His little brother sucks. Um, every <laughs> everyone else is like. Like Saddam Hussein or, or some someone or the devil. Or no, I think the devil's head stays on. They actually make Saddam Hussein worse than the devil in that. But, but, anyway, uh, I think Patrick Hoxbetter is a lot like that. The first name, last name thing. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But I don't know why. Like, like Henry Henry deserves a first and last name. <laughs> he gets a lot of Henry Bowers. Yeah. Matter of fact. Hold on, I think the book just closed on me. The page I was looking at. Um, it says, damn it, I just lost it. Oh no, the, the one, at first it says, Henry Victor Belch and Patrick Hoxter. And then it says, uh, I think it's the next page. It says Henry Bowers and Patrick Hoxter. Interesting. Yeah, Henry's all over the place. We already know he's uh, not cool. But, <laughs> but it, I mean, conversation-wise, he gets a lot of first name. But well, here's one. It had been Patrick who suggested they go down the dump, but I missed that one. So it's ninety percent Patrick Hoxtetter, not a hundred percent. I don't even know where he came from. Like he, like he had him hanging out with Henry and them just to put him where he needed him to be to kill him almost like why Henry had not like they hadn't mentioned who was the other guy that didn't make it oh no that was with the losers I forget what his name was I don't know it's like he's introducing ancillary I can't say that word ancillary characters just to uh, get rid of him it's like the Star Trek guy with the red shirt he just you got Kirk, Spock and the red shirt guy so you know who's gonna die so we can kill somebody without affecting the main character yeah, that's a good point. Like, if he hasn't really been with them before, why? It was like, yeah, he was there just so he could be at the dump so Beverly could see him die. Now my theory's going to shit because the next page is Patrick, 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 Patrick. But they do mention his first and last name a lot. I think when he's, it looks like when he's talking, it's like Patrick said, but when the narrator's talking about him, it's Patrick Hoxter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like conversationally, Patrick said, but but Patrick Huxtetter killed babies or whatever. Uh, I don't think. So, yeah, and then it, this book seems weirdly focused on sexual stuff. Or not focused, but there's a lot of weird. Some of the stuff he says, I'm like, hmm, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Patrick and Henry. I was like, it just, just seemed maybe Patrick's so crazy he doesn't care, but you know, uh, there's a lot of instances like that, and there's a lot of people like, well, I, I can't, I probably shouldn't have brought that up till I had something in front of me, but I don't um, remember, um, 
exactly what it is, but that scene, it just gives me the vibes of the kid and the trash can man from the stand. Like, <laughs> and it kind of also like makes Bowers seem like the weaker one in that situation, <laughs> which is interesting. I was kind of surprised that, you know, it, it was almost like he didn't know what was happening at first. I was kind of surprised that he was cool with it. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. So I don't know what flipped, but maybe he realized that he was, I don't know. I think he's just that homophobic. Yeah. That he was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Hold on. Right. I might like this, but I can't tell other people about it. So we got to. And then he's like, I'll kill you if you. All right. I'll tell them about your refrigerator if you tell anybody or something, he says. Uh, Yeah. And then Patrick's like, oh, God, he knows about that. He said something about like a, a. of all people to have guessed his secret, he didn't expect it to be Henry or something. Right. Because um, like, he doesn't think anyone else is real anyways, but maybe he like, because Henry is also going crazy, basically, he didn't like yeah. count him as, like, extra didn't count him as a real person. That um, whole didn't think anybody was real, like, that sounded like a bad acid trip, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just... Well, you can tell how broken his mind is just by the some of those thoughts. Like, geez. I was going to say, it sounds like a real psychopath because it, it, it lo- easily allows you to have zero empathy. Well, yeah. you know, the sentence I got in front of me says he was a sociopath. And perhaps by that hot July in 1958, he had become a full-fledged psychopath. See, that's incorrect. That's not how that works, though. They're two different. Like, one you're born with and one is created by a traumatic event. <laughs> sociopath you're born with other way around psychopath you're born with mm-hmm. sociopaths thought... have some slight capacity for empathy because it was something that happened to them like a traumatic event or so psychopath has no capacity okay i didn't um you've clearly <laughs> invested more time than me in that but um i was curious so yes i put a lot of I... <laughs> I thought sociopaths were beyond reproach, honest, because they don't feel feelings. They are always faking feelings. Isn't that sociopath? They both have very similar qualities. Like, it, it could be almost interchangeable, but it's like, it comes down to a slight capacity. And usually psychopaths, because they um, they don't, how do I put this, like, they're able to lead more um, stable lives and like a sociopath is usually more easily uh, it's able to tell because they're like job to job or they're I don't know how to explain it right now but it's there are slight differences but they have the same characteristics of like deceiving people and faking emotions and you know not and hurting people we're probably splitting hairs anyway he's the worst of the worst I was thought it was interesting thinking about a child sociopath or psychopath like they're still uh, you know their personalities are still being formed their their their, their mind is still growing and, and to be uh, that uh, I don't know what the word is nuts before you've even developed into who you're gonna be just imagine it's uh, very... like you, you, your, your mind's still developing and, and you're a sociopath already what's it gonna be like when your mind actually develops well, that, it's a very controversial issue because, like, a lot of the, the crime stuff that I've seen or, like, even some movies, it's like, what do you do? Is a child who 
has the traits of because you know you can't actually be diagnosed with psycho psychopathy until you're at a certain age because of that reason. But is a child who shows all of the traits of psychopathy are they um, fixable, for lack of a better word? Can they ever integrate into society in a normal way, or what do you do with them? <laughs> uh, all right, I'm not having that debate right now. That, that's the age. No, old, no, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I agree. <laughs> I mean, punishment is not the answer, and, and, but what do you do? Because, yeah, you know, I, I guess the short answer for me would be case by case. You just have to try and help them. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you don't just lock them up, throw away the key, and, you know, put them in a, what are they, a criminally insane asylum and say, have a nice life. I, I think you should always try at least. I, mean, I, I don't know. They're, people that say they're not fixable, they're, well, they're just not fixable until they are. That just means we haven't figured out how to fix them yet. I think, but the brain's a weird thing. You may, you, there's so much thing about the brain is we have to study it from in, from within the confines of the brain itself. So it's a it's mm-hmm. limited. Yeah. Uh, so we somebody said I think it was National Geographic. Somebody said that like you have to study it from within it itself. So think about how hard that is. Like, you know, that's a good point. So again, uh, like you said, Pennywise did the world a favor. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, uh, no one, not even, what do you say, not even Henry knew how Patrick crazy really was. A crazy Patrick really Which is still insane to me when I read things like that. Because, again, this whole time we've been like, Henry's going insane. He's losing his mind. He's losing his shit. And then it's now like, oh, but he's not as bad as this kid. And you're yeah, like, what I don't the know. Hell? <laughs> It almost normalizes Henry, right? Right. <laughs> he's been so awful this whole time. You're like, oh, he's nothing. With a broken arm and a and an H <laughs> on a stomach uh, compared to this guy. And don't forget, he threw M80s at Mike's face. <laughs> right. Well, that's okay. He, he also killed his dog. Like, yeah, I mean, Henry's not a nice guy at all by any stretch. In fact, but he's just your normal run-of-the-mill, you know doing 20 to life probably by the time he's 18 like yeah he'll grow out of that actually no probably not he's got some deep-seated racism and violence he'll grow out of it after he spends 15 years in jail and decides he's sorry and finds god (laughs) uh we um looking at my notes we went past it already but i did want to mention the uh the smell that bev talked about i thought that was a great way to put it because I think it also confirms our theory of the fact that there hasn't been sexual assault yet, but it's certainly looming on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, the smell between her and her dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought that was weird. She said it's only present when it's just the two of them. And she said that he's been spending a lot more time outside of the house because he knows that like, he's about to lose his control. Like, yeah, so she's developing and, you know, getting boobs and butt and all that and he can't take it so he's staying away mm-hmm. even it's though just, it's his 12 year old daughter what the i know it's it's, it's uh uh well adults in dairy are definitely monsters all the options though i mean it's better that he stays away than hangs around her well i guess that's sure. sure yeah it's definitely the the better of the two things he could do so but if i was better I mean, especially being, what, a 12-year-old girl, 11, 12-year-old girl, like, that would be so terrifying. Like, you know, like, she, I'm sure she can feel it, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, she, she's the well, one that talks I, about it, I think, isn't it? 
Yeah, no. she's the one that talks about it, and she she knows something is happening, but it seemed like she didn't know what it was. Like, she didn't know what exactly. that could lead to. Yeah. Yeah. She knew something was wrong. She knew something was off. But it's not really old enough to know what her, you know, what's happening to her dad, I guess. Uh, yeah. For a better way Which to put it. Does. Thank God for the innocence of youth in that sense. Right. Oh, well, I'm sure she knows now. I don't. See, I don't remember, but I don't think anything ever actually happened between with with them like that. With her dad or with the losers? With her dad. <laughs> well, the losers is open from that. Wait till we get to that part. Uh, <laughs> uh, with her dad, I mean, anything sexual is just, oh. just smacked her in the face. I think, and then yeah, I guess no. that's where he drew the line. <laughs> Normal child abuse was all right. Yeah, I don't remember anything with her dad. So far that we've read, there hasn't been any sexual abuse. So I think some people said that there are uh, like that there are hints at it, but I disagree. I think it's been I think the line has been clearly drawn that it's been physical, mental, emotional, but not uh, sexual yet. And that's why it's so scary, because it's like it's coming. She's becoming a woman and, and they can both tell it's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like there's those undertones the whole time, like like. Like I think I said that like the suggestion of it, but it's not overtly saying it's happening. But right. it, but at the same time, I don't know that it will ever happen because he's at least for now he's aware, I guess, of his weakness and trying to make sure he doesn't succumb to that. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't remember exactly what happens, but we're getting to the end here anyway. So I'm sure something happens after the fight with Pennywise where she's like, you're not going to touch me. <laughs> like, Yeah, you would hope uh, <laughs> by the time her and uh, Richie from the Ditchy are hanging out. Right. Uh, I, I don't actually remember. So I, I, I'm hoping she goes home and says, fuck you, don't touch me again or something like that. I just killed a 10,000-year-old monster. You're nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, my brain is saying her mom gets more involved. Like, her mom finally realizes what's happening and happen. has had enough and is like, no, 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 you don't touch my daughter. She and I are leaving. Mm, I hope so. Because, yeah. I, like I said, most of my memories are apparently from the movie because I didn't remember mom being in the book at all. Uh <laughs> oh, I'm glad she made an appearance, and I hope she doesn't just sit back and let. I hope she's not aware of what's happening between the two of them. But she does say even something about even her mom noticed it to a point or something when she's talking about the smell and the weird energy. Is that it was mostly when her mom wasn't there, but even when she was there, she could. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but something like that. Uh. Yeah, so then Henry says, I'll tell him you're a cocksucker. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you gonna tell him uh, whose cock that was when you're at it? <laughs> uh, Patrick, um, I love Patrick as a character. Not as an actual person. I need to draw that line. So, um, reading his parts so I have, what he cared I like go ahead 
I was just gonna say I have a note from first of all uh, he's also only 12 years old which is insane to think of a 12 year old doing these things uh, right and he's worked up to this point but um, they're talking about him in school and there's a, a comment about how it's easy to ignore Patrick uh, when you had to cope with boys like Henry Bowers or Victor Christ who were actively disruptive and insolent boys who would steal um, but they also admit to knowing about him frequently touching other girls and like being a, a creep and acting like that's not actively disruptive and insolent either I'm like so you still don't think those are warning signs <laughs> yeah and he was allowed to yeah what was it they didn't want to sit in front of him because he would like grab their ass or something I don't exactly remember. there was something he was doing it didn't but it didn't seem like sexual in nature it seemed you know more i don't know creepy sociopathic in nature uh maybe that's just because i know too much about him i don't yeah uh, i don't remember exactly what it was but it was enough for them to be like we didn't put him near the girls anymore <laughs> oh I yeah they, but they say that but it's boob or something yeah it, it was like the 50s and they had 27 other students to to worry about and he wasn't a behavioral problem so they didn't worry about it like, right well, he was so just a little to, creepy <laughs> yeah it, you know him and all the other people I, I I mean I I get what he's saying and it does kind of make sense and you know, and you know keep telling myself it was the 50s but it was actually the 80s when he wrote it so I don't know how I feel about all that but <laughs> um it's you know, if you're not being a problem in the class, you're not, you know, committing a crime, you're not harassing anybody. Would she? Just... Wa- but he was harassing people. That's my point. He was harassing no. the girls, yeah, and they acted so. like that was not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, they do, and then, but it, yeah, because at the same time they're saying he's not a behavior problem. Like, well, isn't that a behavior problem? R- right. I'm like, that's also bad, but okay, maybe that's the sixties or fifties. <laughs> Yeah, not back then it was. Uh, <laughs> like what he cared about was the rules were being broken or had changed since Avery's arrival. Two, Avery's possible reality and the possibility that they might throw him out of favor of Avery. So now he's worried that Avery might be real. Uh, so the whole Avery thing is uh, kind of hard to read, but yeah, I was interested. He makes Patrick seem like a cat with a toy. He's like, oh, when I put the pill here, ooh, what happens? Ooh, I pick it off. And I'll put it back on again. So, ooh, what happens this time? Like, ooh, I have to do a little... Like, he, he's not... He's just curious. He doesn't care one bit about the kid dying or any of that. He's just curious to see what... It's like, what happens when I do this? And now what happens when I do this? And then the kid dies and he just goes... And I think he's almost validated. And I wrote that. Not validated he's right and that everybody's ignoring him because not one person checked on him in the four hours after you know all the shit hit the fan he just sat there he marks time by what show was on which I found uh, interesting so he sat there and watched TV for I don't know six different TV shows and nobody even like looked at him except his dad I think he says his dad came in with sniffing distance of the truth because he saw the uh, wet footprints mm-hmm. but it's almost like well you know he was kind of right they do they did ignore him and they didn't care about him and, but you know that doesn't justify anything but uh, the way 
I don't know how do you say it. His thoughts almost weren't too far off the mark with that. Now his 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 reaction to those thoughts was off the mark, but wasn't necessarily wrong in that.、Uh, I don't. I mean, yeah. I I don't know. I don't necessarily think that they were ignoring him. I'm trying to read that section now. His dad、uh, actually didn't go and check on him. It just mentions how he. But he's checking on the he... prince, yeah, and then yeah. like left the room, slamming the door behind him. <laughs> yeah, I like how he marks the time. With the, then at first I watched this, and then and then this was on, and then that was on. I, I mean,、that. I think like the way that I'm reading it, I get the impression that like he's sitting in the living room watching TV, and like these people are coming over. Like not like they're ignoring him, but well, that's the way I picture it. Like it's almost like a like a montage where you see him sitting there watching TV, eating his cookies. And like people were running around, fast forward behind him while all the shit's hitting the fan, you know. Like he's in front、right. of the TV and everything's going crazy behind him, and like nobody's even、uh, gave him a second thought, which makes sense. Well, because he's five, so they don't really want. They don't know how much he knows. They don't know how much he can handle. Like you know. Was he really only five when he did that? Yeah. Four、oh、or five, yeah. I think it said、yeah. the doctor checked on him, like they gave him a pill or something. Yeah. Oh, and he was like,、oh, yeah. "I like pills, so I took it or something." He didn't mind. Yeah, Patrick didn't mind. <laughs> yeah, his kid's broken. Like, what happened to him? It had to、But、be something. But I think, I mean, it makes sense from the context of him explaining that he thinks nothing is real, so he doesn't care if it lives or dies because he doesn't think it's alive. Yeah. Well, he was very disturbed by the fact that Avery might be real, so I guess he had to kill him to make sure he didn't become real. I don't. I don't yeah. I sort of get the whole reality thing, but it, I, I, I think it's just him trying to explain how his mind's broken and the way he, the way he thinks.、Um, but it's also kind of weird.、Uh, like I said, it sounds like a bad acid, but well, I guess. Yeah, it's someone that's had a break with reality. I guess is what I was about to say, but he clearly has, so I guess it does make sense in that way. Although you have to be real to have a break from reality, right?、Um, But he is real. <laughs> he thinks he's real. Well, that's true. He's the only one that is. I like how when he when he's about to or when he dies or when he wakes up and he's getting drugged into the sewers, he's like something about. But I'm the only one that's real. This can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he kills his brother, and then we fast forward to the refrigerator.、Um, that was also hard to read, like the the animals and the... oh, the damn puppies. Yeah.、Uh, I just I was just on that page where he、uh, he put the put the one took a really long time to die. When he went back the next day, it jumped out and licked him in the face.、Oh. So he put it back in, and then the next day it was yeah the, 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 yeah. The, The one took like four days to die, and he kept checking on it. All the other ones were、uh, at least pretty quick about it. Ugh, what, what an awful way to go! How? how、uh, I wonder if this was summer or winter.、Uh, which one's worse? It's summer. Oh, you mean when they were killed? Oh yeah. 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 Did they? Fr- well, I don't know. I guess. They, how do you die? Do you suffocate in the refrigerator? I guess because the rubber seal, you can't get any air. <laughs> that was always like. Remember, 1950s refrigerators had that big metal handle. And it was like a click to open it. That was why it was always a thing about getting stuck in the fridge because you couldn't just push it open. 
because yeah. I like clicked, it, it had like a latch that clicked it shut to make sure air didn't get out. I mean, it would be air or food eventually in water, so I don't know. Well, if it's summer, you'd probably or heat. To death. If it's winter, yeah. you'd probably freeze to death. That's what I was thinking. Which one would be worse? It would almost insulate you from the weather, though. Well, yeah, to a point. All you need is a little air. (laughs) Uh, Either way, the fact that he has a pet refrigerator that he kills things in. Yeah, I told Amber um, that when I read this for the first time, I just remember sobbing while reading the Patrick Hockstetter part. Like, I hated it so much. Yeah, it's very... Stephen King, in this book, a few times, puts the reader directly into the mind of the bad people, and it's very uncomfortable. I think it's necessary to the story, but it's still uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and just, like, it's, it's so weird, and such good writing and the way that he can simultaneously put you in the mind of the bad person but also like show you what the other party is experiencing Mm -hmm. and it's just that like insane shift in such a small section that just threw me for a loop there's a lot of that in this book a lot of Here's five pages of what the bad people are doing. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. It's like watching a like, movie. Like, like, I'm fascinated by Hockstetter and totally invested in the character, and I don't want anything to do with him at the same time. Well, I also think that, like, it's such a... Because you're in Patrick's mind, sort of, even though it's all this weird narrative, um, it's so nonchalant. Like, the way he talks about it, it's just like, you know, we just yeah. went over it. And well, then on the third die, he could barely only roll its eyes toward the door. Like, there's no sympathy, there's no remorse, there's no emotion. It's just, this is what happened. Yeah. By the time he was watching Inside Space, the doctor had shown up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, there it is. The doctor observed Patrick's deep, calm, and unquestioning stare and assumed he was in shock. Right, because he's five. Pill. Yeah. He wanted to take a pill. He didn't mind. Maybe we should stop giving five-year-olds pills. Of course, his latest victim had been a pigeon he discovered uh, where else but on Jackson Street. There's, there's only two streets in Derry, as we all know. <laughs> did it say, of course, in the story, or did you say that? No, I said that. Oh, I was like, wow, that's really nonchalant. <laughs> that, that would be uh, admitting some things. I don't think he was ready to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was... So, Amber, did you get to stand by me? Oh, I don't think so. Although oh, Patrick was afraid of almost, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allie, King you King definitely came across leeches at one point in his life. I think it might have been a regular <laughs> thing as a main kid tramped in through <laughs> the woods, you know? Uh, but these uh, leeches are so much worse. Sorry, I cut you off, though. Were you going to ask her if she's seen Stand By Me? Uh, I was, yeah. I've seen the movie. I have not read the short. Do you remember the leeches? (laughs) Vaguely. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Mm, They're not good. Uh, 
you know, they, they go swimming and they come up out of the water and there's leeches all over them and Gordy has one on his uh, nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was thinking about that. They say how they put a numbing thing so you don't even know they're there. So it wouldn't be that bad pulling it off, right? Other than the thought of what's going on. But Well, that's what it was. Don't forget, right before this happened, they were all like finally having a good time and like having fun. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, God, what's all over us? Right. You're in a Stephen King book. Fun's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, these leeches are lot worse um way worse they fly for one thing yeah they they fly they well then i don't even know if leeches is the right word what do they call them flying leeches or, i think so jelly-like eyeless head held on i love that so they, they're smacking them like the body's splattering but the head's still sucking away in their uh yeah, like you can't like normal leeches. You tear them off and they're and they're done. But these ones don't stop. Yeah, a dime-sized hole in his arm. Like, oh my god, oh. that's not little. No. Uh, I, I, I love. It also I, has bird-like qualities. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like a bird's narrow head ending in a beak-like structure. Yeah. But this beak was tubular. Yeah, so this is like a proboscis, like a. Like, I, that's what I see, a big flying mosquito when I read this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. with orange hair or something on its face. Uh, so, yeah, that's exactly what I picture. A giant mosquito that, that has a really long uh, what you, proboscis thing. I don't know what it's called. I guess I feel like, like there should be an easier word for that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too... Like trunk. Um, so, yeah, then he... You know... I almost feel bad for the way he died because that was that was uh, ugh, that was rough. Um, um, but he kind of got what was coming to him. Yeah, I don't feel bad. <laughs> nah, I, I really I like Patrick. That you know, I like the character. I was I wish he could have like stuck around and grew up and made a book about him. That would have been interesting. So he could kill more people. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, kill people. I guess he never killed anyone yet, but he was getting there. Right, I mean, I'd, I'd like well, to see the evolution. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I guess he counts as a person. I forgot. <laughs> He's not real. <laughs> no, not anymore. He made sure of that. <laughs> also, um, real quick, there's a line here I, I love when Stephen King does this. Is like Patrick opened the refrigerator door on his own death. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention that. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, if he if he'd have just done this and then went this way, none of this would happen. But he did. Yep. He opened the door on his own death. <laughs> like, well, gee, oh. I wonder what's gonna happen. So that yeah, you know what he does though. So you 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 have this like sense of trepidation the whole time because you know it's not gonna end well. So like, all right, what's gonna happen? So you're reading it, going, okay, when's it gonna That's get bad? That's a good point. Like, you already know he's gonna die, so you're already even more afraid this whole time. But like, yeah. you have to get through it. You have this nervous energy, like oh, this, like as soon as I saw the. I forgot how he died. I knew it had something to do with the refrigerator, but I thought, honestly, he got stuck on the fridge or something. Yeah, me uh, too. So, and then when it was like the big flying thing and the dime-sized hole, was like, like, it clicked in my head. Oh, God, there's a bunch of these. Yeah. And then they open the, uh, he opens the uh, refrigerator, I think, and a bunch fly out. Isn't that the way that goes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when Bev comes across them like she I can't remember exactly but like she knows that they're in there <laughs> yeah oh well yeah 
Well, that's a whole other thing. There was no pain, but there was a hideous draining sensation. That, ugh, that sounds worse for some reason. Oh, like he could feel the blood coming out of him. Parasites hung all over him. <laughs> like, ugh. And they weren't little. They were big fuckers with their mm-hmm. dime-sized holes putting in them everywhere. Um, so, oh, and there's one in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, and then it like bursts in his mouth. He's like, what does he say? Don't, don't close it. Don't close it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, left was that it must not burst in there. It must not. It must not. But it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, um, could you imagine watching this too? Like he fell down in the gravelly dirt and began to roll over and over, still screaming. <laughs> this was such an awesome visual scene. How come this has not been in any of the movies? Because it's awful. <laughs> it, it might be too much. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like in order to have them in the fridge, you kind of have to have. The, the cruelty part, which no no pr- like producing company is gonna touch. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they did pet- PETA, they ASPCA, did- all that. They did Pet Cemetery. Although that I guess was that not was not animal, animal abuse. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, it ended up well. Yeah, I guess not. He was That's- already dead. You can't yeah. abuse. <laughs> Um, I like uh, I like the end. He awoke only once when, in some dark, smelly, dripping hell where no light shone, it began to feed. Which, and I think Mike mentioned this later. What exactly uh, does it eat? And I think we yeah, had. That I like that, like fear and power. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, we'll get to that. Did it? So. Uh, Pennywise or something. It was Pennywise. It says hello and goodbye, right? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> a bubbling voice said from inside the running tallow of its features. Yeah. Oh yeah, I-, I was wondering though, like, what is the figure? Is he seeing Bev's dad? Because isn't that who she thinks he sees? Who uh, she thinks she sees from far yeah, she's away? Like, she's like, that can't be right because that sounded like her father. She didn't see him. It sounded like. Yeah, so, and then in Patrick, maybe the figure is just Pennywise, but. He said at first Patrick thought he was a guy and he would be saved, but as he drew closer, his face was running like wax. So I'm like, did he show him Bev's dad? Like, that's so weird. <laughs> I, think I feel it was... like... Sorry, yeah. go. No, go I I feel like Pennywise could almost sense that Bev was there, but he she wasn't the one that he wanted at that point. So he was kind of trying to figure out what shape to take and it... Mm went to Bev's dad when he sensed her, maybe? But be. because Patrick had no emotions, therefore no fear, it was like, well, what the heck do I turn into for this kid? Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh... Well, I see, I wrote that down. Did did it? Did Pennywise know she was there? Is that why it sounded like her dad in the first place? And is that why when they go back, I don't know, what, an hour later? I forget he says how long later but the the mosquito things are still there like what will be the point in leaving and them still being there if he didn't know Someone they were there and he right. knows they're gonna come back because he leaves them a note right That's so I think Patrick I think the whole face melting thing was it just changing shape I don't know what 
it looked it's like Patrick, me. and maybe it looked like her dad. But no, like as they say, like it, nobody sees it. They see what it looks into their mind and project. They see what it pulls from them. Nobody sure. sees it in its natural state. So I think with the the whole runny face thing, I think it was maybe transforming into his natural state before it ran away or disappeared or fed that's, or whatever. It was that's about to not do. what I'm saying though. That I definitely agree with. I'm just saying like it's funny if he was actually Bev's dad, like trying to scare her while killing him. Like if that was the man that he saw, and then it turned into Pennywise. <laughs> I'm not sure what Patrick saw. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Here, let's see. It doesn't really say. He saw a finger step from behind the last of the junk cars. At first, he thought he was a guy, but as a figure drew closer, his face was running like wax. You know, maybe it was her dad, because it it was a guy. And then maybe I, I, I still think because it it knew Bev was there, so it probably was her dad. Yeah, and it was changed as it came after. Patrick, it was changing back to either its normal state or something away from looking like her dad. Maybe it was right. pulling something from Patrick's mind at that point because it was done with Bev. Because they were, uh, that's when he was dragging him away when he actually right. saw the figure. Well, I don't, I don't know. Either way, uh, what a way to go! Wake up <laughs> in a complete darkness and something eating you. Like, uh, yep, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. I wish I was not awake now. <laughs> I mean, if, if you think about it, the darkness is the most terrifying part when you can't see a thing. Mm-hmm. And something bad's going on. Yes. Also, yeah. the first time I read that sentence, I thought it said, like, hole, not hell, which I think is also interesting. <laughs> droopy, like uh, droopy hole where no light shone? Well, yeah, like probably, under the sewer. <laughs> probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um,. And then and like he has you the said, magic uh, bullet. But I was gonna say, like you said, this thing right after comes and hurts her. Like Patrick's visions or whatever, the things that were created for him are still behind, left behind, and harming yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's dragged him into the sewers at this point, but the bugs are still. She has to shoot one, and as a matter of fact, and by the way. Okay. As a matter of fact, she needs help from the turtle to hit it because she was way off and it curved it into the the thing to hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am amazed that the turtle's not made an appearance yet. I thought it had a much bigger role. Me too. I remember Me it too. being way more prominent. Yeah. So he must be really involved in the end because there's the whole Matoran and Pennywise and traveling through the universe and. I've got I guess to imagine, that... like, if you. I don't remember reading this the first time, but you gotta be so confused or not caring about this turtle. Like they keep mentioning it, maybe you don't even pick it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'd be like, why the fuck did he mention turtle wax? <laughs> like I don't care if it looks like a turtle. What, what the... But I mean, there's there's vague a couple of vague references to something else helping them, like curving the slug. Yeah, like or... an outside force. The matches yeah. all being unburnt. So you know, any good story, evil is in your face and good is hiding. So just is like that, uh, true? Well, just like you know, religion. You see the devil, you never see God. Oh. The devil can possess you, and you know, God's just like, hey, uh, how about like, I get this priest to do it because I'm busy right now. 
<laughs> like, like he doesn't interact directly. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Um, so like Steve, like like the stand, you know, flags right there, but then you have to have the white mysteriously show up at the end to do sex mocking at the whole thing. <laughs> uh, that still makes me mad. Yeah, Even you could have just done that. You could have just done that in Las Vegas to begin with. Like zap, you're done. Hell, you could have done that 700 pages ago and saved me a month. <laughs> Girl wouldn't have been the same story, but I never liked the end of that book. I was like, what? They, they tra- Allie, have you read The Stand? No. No. All right, never mind. Never Yeah, don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, back on point. Um, the turtle helps her said, shoot it. Oh, that's what it is. Four hours later, all the losers, except Eddie. You know, when I first read that, I was like, of course Eddie wasn't there. He's not going to go to a dancing refrigerator. And, uh, <laughs> what? He's in the hospital, that's why. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah. But I was like, you know, the hypochondriac that's on an aspirator he doesn't need is not going near that nasty ass refrigerator. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, his arm is broken. I <laughs> but I think even if Eddie was there, he would have been hanging back pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um they find the how I just can't imagine being 11 12 years old and like going through all this my god like they should have all been scarred for life and that, all they did was forget it ever happened well they that's did. also something that trauma does <laughs> well that's true maybe that was a good thing it was or probably that, both <laughs> they probably were scarred for life and also forgot it ever happened well yeah, yeah. if they didn't forget it would ever happen the book would have been a lot shorter because we wouldn't have had to remember everything <laughs> that's all it is so far is as adults is them remembering everything telling stories like now it's Ben's turn now it's Ben's turn true but then I feel like we would have just seen it happen instead of being yeah. told about it <laughs> maybe in real time there would have been two parts yeah. in 1958 and 1985 <laughs> instead of the way he intertwines it uh, yeah I mean they come they, they find blood on the trail then they find a bloody sneaker and then they find something and at that point I'm turning around and going to my house oh, I don't care what's up there uh, like I, I think like Richie, her house is much safer well you know what I mean in theory <laughs> generally speaking like I don't know what's up there and I don't want nothing to do with it matter of fact can we move to California right that's always been my thing too like if I see something or I hear something I'm like I'm gonna not investigate that everything is great good night <laughs> Was it stupid white people in the movies? Yeah. Oh, what was that? Let's go. First, we'll split. Have you seen the Geico? Is it the Geico commercial? Yeah. Let's go hide behind the row of chainsaws. Yeah. Why don't we we get in the running car? And he's like, are you crazy? (laughs) Uh, So they're notoriously bad at making uh, good decisions. So so it's four hours later. they're, They're back at the bridge. And the things are still there, right? I don't remember how this goes. It's also so weird because I still... Like, these things are Pennywise's creations. So, like, how much... Like, adults can't see any of that. They can't see the injury, like, the blood, or, like, even... Because, like, Bev got bit, so nobody who's not a kid would be able to see that, too, right? Like, it's so weird. Yeah, what if he didn't treat it? (laughs) You know? So she got... She had to pull the thing's head off too, like Patrick did. So she's got a dime-sized hole. So what if she just like let it bleed? Would she bleed to death, or is it imaginary blood? Right, imaginary infection. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is fancy for psychosomatic. But... Uh, what if it's a supernatural infection? Yeah, like I said, the the rules are weird where he comes from. Yeah. If she just goes, that didn't happen, then she's good. And then um, she's Stan, and she kills herself. <laughs> fucking Stan. I think I wrote that later on when he starts being a bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Stan. I almost feel like he shouldn't have told us that he killed himself until the end, although that wouldn't work because they were meeting up as adults but it like it really does change your whole perception of him the whole time as a kid like you already kind of write him off because you're like who cares what you have to say you quit yeah Twitter. you didn't want to face a fucking million year old monster what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> you know the same one that ate all the people you knew before so uh and i noticed in this chapter richie does a lot of screaming and hemming and hauling and not wanting anything to do with this I don't, like he's kind of a bitch in fact I wrote that I'm like Richie is a bitchy like I don't remember him being that Brady cat before like that's the vibe I get like he, he's almost like Stan where he wants nothing to do with it but he doesn't run away he just uh, you know stays terrified the whole time well wasn't it recently that we yeah, like Richie did the whole thing with Mike, the smoke hut, where they saw the saw it come. Like I think he his experience is a little different now after some of the things he's been through. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing that, that hasn't made a movie. That this smoke hole's not in any movie, right? I don't remember. Uh, not in the first one. I don't think it's in this. I don't remember the second. Versions. I don't think it was in the second, but I'm not. I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen part two since we were in the theater. No, like I have it on my thing, and I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, since we got kicked out for our onions, or for my onions, <laughs> we tried to sneak a subway sub in, but you could smell the onions, so the guy wouldn't let me go in. Made me take it out. What? Yeah, he cared way too yeah. much about his doing. <laughs> That's hilarious. And like it wasn't like it was a theater full of people. I think there might have been two other people in the whole. So it wasn't like it would have bothered anybody else. It was BS <laughs> anyway because then I said, okay, but my sandwich doesn't have any toppings on, so can I bring it in? And he said, no, I can still smell it. And I'm like, you cannot. It's ham and cheese. <laughs> I almost called him Karen. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't remember. I don't think the smoke hole is in there. I, um. I don't really understand the point of the smoke hole anyway. We said that last time, so I don't blame them. Uh, you know, I guess just to tell you real quick where it came from, I, how long it's been here, this, this isn't new, it's not 1700 or 1600. It's uh, millions. Oh, really, really, dinosaur, <laughs> I think, were running around or something. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like they kind of threw that into the ritual part in the second movie oh they might have they might have yeah I like don't I said, remember we're gonna watch that again oh I'm not gonna yeah. watch it before we watch it like it be surprised yeah same I don't think I've seen it since the theater either no, I've seen it well I've seen the first like 30 minutes of the part one like a hundred times because I always put it on and then I never finish it <laughs> I'm like yep Georgie's dead now what uh and then and Richie of all people is the one that says don't worry we're not going to chicken out so like like he's a fraidy cat but he's willing to see it through so it's kind of a weird vibe in fact he's the one that says is there anyone else here 
is there anyone here who's going to chicken out? And they all say no. I'd have been like, hell yeah, I'll see you guys later. I do think, remember, because he had a hard time, like, even admitting that what he saw was real with the statue and everything. So I think he's trying to... Right. He's trying to convince himself that he's not going to chicken out. Like, he's... I think he's struggling. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, Richie saw it first and screamed. A high hurt sound. They do a lot of screaming. Not only when they're laughing. Just regular (laughs) screaming. And shrieking. Yeah, well, shrieking is out. They do that at some point later on in here. Alright, so, um... Yeah. I guess they vanquished the bugs. I don't really remember how that went. Oh, well, the there really weren't, weren't any there, yeah. Alright, yeah. okay. The, the pom-poms. The note when they come back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they sneak up on it and try to open it, like, I think, with a fishing line or something from far away, and the pom-poms come out. Yeah. And it says, Richie saw it first and screamed. A high hurt sound. Uh, it is interesting that he would write that because it's like clearly he's afraid of like what it's just almost seems like stupid like stop keep I'm saying kick. that like he's afraid <laughs> I'm like you know that's a dangerous road to go down if you I wouldn't assume he's afraid I think maybe he's I, I guess yes he's afraid to a point but I don't think he's afraid to the point that he thinks they can actually do anything to him because he's you know been doing this for how long so I but think what is he is he just trying to scare them or like what is he even saying stop like stop trying to kill me because he's going to kill them regardless <laughs> well he's going to eat them regardless I think is the way he sees it so he wants them to be scared okay yeah that makes sense or like what? stop resisting being eaten <laughs> I, and you know it might just be simple he might be intrigued because I don't think he's come across anyone before this that has has beaten him like this many times in a row most of them would have been dead by now and eaten yeah. and in the sewer so he's like wow what is up with these people like how do they keep uh beating me plus so i don't that yeah. also i think adds to our theory of the fact that he definitely knew bev was there like you were saying because he's leaving all these other crumbs to keep scaring them like look what i can do you want to be like him <laughs> Right, if he didn't know she was there, he definitely knew they were coming back, but if he knew yeah. they were coming back, then he kind of had to know she was there in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah, then Bill yells at it. I like the image um, where they're, they all kind of huddle around, and then it starts raining, and they're sitting there in the rain, swearing they're going to kill it, and all that. I remember like, that happens in the movie. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm remembering because I can see I that perfectly. Him saying, "You killed my brother, George. You killed him, you bastard." <laughs> yeah. You need to you need to listen to the audiobook because he stutters every time the book stutters. He stutters, so he's like, "You." No, he doesn't stutter brother. in that sentence. I'm reading it right now. Well, I know I'm reading it too. Um, my eyes more of a general point than okay, bad example, but. Well, yeah, I know. I understand. I, I would. I would like about, to hear. It. Help me, yeah. Bill said, please. <laughs> please, like, like, oh my God, just like it makes you feel like they do. Like, just say it. Like, you just want to finish the goddamn sentence for him. It must be so <laughs> uncomfortable to be around someone that stutters like that because you you don't know what to do. We actually have a well, maybe we shouldn't. We know someone that stutters. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, so, am I right or am I off? No, you're right. Yeah. Does it does it make you want to like that. like you want to finish their sentences, but you also don't want to like make them feel bad? <laughs> right. 
like yeah. someone is trying to get out of their wheelchair or something. Like I want to help them, but what I'm gonna do with yeah. them? Too. Um. Okay. Pennywise has really bad penmanship, by the way, for the record. Uh, yeah, I had a little bit of a hard time reading that section. I was like, "Kill you, will kill you." Mm-hmm. What is that thing? Yeah. Uh, ki- yeah. What is that word after? You? I didn't even notice that. I I just kill you all. Oh, okay. Kill you all. Yeah. 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 See, like a word to the wise. Uh, yeah. You'd think after this time you'd be able to, you know, write a little better. <laughs> I just love that when he not after finger like painting with blood. <laughs> Well, maybe it's no, scarier. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's, like it's the first time scary. he's ever done it. Shit. Maybe, he be maybe good it's at... scarier because it's all sloppy. Like, if it was in, like, perfect font, maybe it'd be like, oh, that wasn't Pennywise. <laughs> maybe, it makes, maybe it makes it scary. As a matter of fact, Michelle showed me on words, there's a, a font called Chiller, and it looks all creepy like that. So Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Um... Between that and my Iron Maiden font, I'm good to go. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, the American Horror Story one? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have that one. I have to see. I'm actually actually started watching that now that it's over. It is over, right? Season ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have them all on the DVR, so I started watching them. I don't know if I like uh, the blonde chick as much as Sarah Paulson. I can't remember her name. You're in the first. Uh, double first. Allie, have you seen it? I've seen um some seasons, but not the most recent. I watched like up the coven. So I'm still in the first half. We haven't made it to the second half. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna let you watch it before I tell you anything I feel about it. (laughs) Okay. Except um, for, I like that the first half has very much Stephen King vibes. Like, with the, it's almost like Maine and, you know. Um, yeah, I think they freely uh, admit that uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. The, the writers. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, well, Stephen King. He's why we're doing this. Exactly. Um, so then it's Ben's turn. And uh, so then we do Neibolt Street. I think we kind of talked about this already. But... Yeah, the whole making of the bullets wasn't that interesting. I was like, great, or not slugs. They're not, excuse me, not bullets, they're slugs. Bullets will never work. Uh, something, I forget why. <laughs> oh, yeah, that crazy old man. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, in the library. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, is he the reason they didn't try bullets? Because how did they, you know, it, here's what I've said bullets will work if you believe they'll work. Wait, does that mean that that old man was influenced by the turtle? <laughs> Maybe, you know, uh, Turtle's a shady guy. He doesn't. Uh, he hasn't even shown up yet, so I don't know what uh, he's up to. <laughs> he's doing some universe, universe hopping stuff. He's probably at Keystone Earth doing something. And also, yeah, I didn't mean to blow by your point there. Like, why wouldn't bullets work if all of this is imaginary to begin with? <laughs> well, if you believe it works, it works. So right, the bullet works. They just love guess... works because they believe it works from the movies. Right, I was gonna say, I guess because movies have told us that. Wait, no, but silver bullets work too. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's definitely silver bullets. Matter of fact, the movie, uh, damn, the book he wrote is called Silver Bullet, not Silver Slug. <laughs> that's such a weird distinction. Like, why? I guess because maybe the only thing I can think is because they're kids and he knows they wouldn't have access to a gun. 
They did, though, they, because that was what Bill brought to Nebel House the first time he went. Yeah, they did have a gun. Oh, that's right. He took his dad, right? Nobody yeah. kills the werewolf in the movies they watched with a gun. Or at least silver bullet. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just easier to use a slingshot because they had... You would have to, in order for that to work, you would have to have made a bullet that fit the yeah, uh, gun they were using. And you can't go down to the guy at the corner and say, I need one for this gun. And because that, that, at that point, he might be like, okay, what are you up to? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> when they just needed the shoulder just flared up. When they needed the, uh, the plug, he was just like, yeah, hey, I got one here. Take that. But if they needed, if they went, I need a, you know, nine millimeter uh silver bullet uh casing you've been like mm, what are you up to <laughs> then again it's dairy and it's all he probably would have been just like uh, yeah sure i got 10 back there here you go <laughs> like don't kill anything i would yeah although he did ask them he was like what are you up to with these and they i don't even remember what they told him but because they richie Oh, where the heck is that section? They said something like, ever noticed that unless we're buying candy or comics, they want to know why you're purchasing something. And um, the other one said it's because they think we're dangerous. Maybe. There's the whole love triangle with uh, Ben and Bill and Bev. Although nobody knows about it, I guess, except Ben. I was gonna say it's not really a love triangle. It's just a she likes Ben's Bill like, and Ben likes Beth. Yeah, he's like, yeah. like, uh, well, I said, well, Bill just started to like her. He just realized, like, like that's what I was yeah. talking about earlier. Like, he's just starting to notice her. Or something. Ben uh, sees Bill see Bev as a woman for the first time. Yeah, he's like, fine, but you'll never love her like I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, they make the bullets and then they go to back to Nebolt Street. Uh, I like the house. Um, might lose you for a second on this alley. It reminds me of um, the house Eddie came through. I was it's, thinking that too. It seems very stretchy and elongated and it does a lot of the same things. So I think that's just a, a, a thing he likes to do with his house, haunted houses, I guess. Well, especially houses that are portals. Yeah, well, that's true. They're both portals. Um, I like how the flowers are still black from the leper. Kind of like a, <laughs> that really happened. So, uh, but do they look black to everyone else? Well, that's a good question. There's not like I don't know how. Like the way I picture this house, it's all like dark and nasty, kind of like the movie. Uh, yeah. It's like how does that house just get away with being like that? And nobody notices anything amiss. It's scary. <laughs> like, just, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the answer. So they go to Nebolt Street. I mean, uh, I don't know. They they face the werewolf again, right? Oh, yeah. The snarling yeah. werewolf. And it's got the feet. And it's got the... It's even got the dairy high school jacket on it. Yeah. Uh, I always well, picture I'm... Teen Wolf, like Michael J. Fox. Yes, me too. <laughs> Um, backing up just a little bit in the Kneebolt house um, because I know uh, Eddie you read Desperation and the rat um, 
basically taunting Beverly and wanting to get her to shoot it made me think of desperation. Remind me. Uh, so when they like first get into the house and make their way into the kitchen. No, no, no. Remind me of the desperation. Desperation. Oh, um, like when he had control over all of the animals, like the snakes oh. were doing his bidding in the, um, like okay. he actually got the mountain lion to go to the theater and attack them. Well, we can, we've, wait, have you, have you read Amber? Desperation? No, but I won't remember, so it's okay. Um, I think, uh, Tack and Pennywise are both from the Kodash place in Dark Tower. So, yeah, but the, uh, like, just reading that, you know, oh, the rat wanted me to shoot it, use up half our ammunition on it, I was like, oh, that it kind of solidifies in my mind that they're probably from the same universe. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Because, mm. yeah, uh, well, I think Pennywise was controlling the, yeah. the Desperation, uh, there's a, I, I don't know what to tell you about that, because you're going to have to read it. I will read it. <laughs> and I was like, I probably won't remember anything you tell me if you're worried about spoilers. <laughs> he, uh, it, it's basically like, this Pennywise thing takes over the town to the point that it's controlling everything and it's killed just about everybody and I think it has killed everybody in the town yeah uh, and it traps like it, it it sets up a situation where it traps them to make them come to the town I don't really remember what the point was and then they're trying to escape from it, from it capital I uh, and it's there's a little bit of a gaudy turtley thing going on as well in that one. Oh yeah. Um, it's almost like he wrote himself into a corner again. And he didn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> I mean, that is probably exactly what happens because he openly um, admits that's how yeah. he writes. Um. So, but yeah, if you read that or when you read that, you have to read um, the regulators right after it. Yeah, I remember you told me that. Yeah. I, I still need to get to the regulator. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. No, it's the same people in different situations. Yep. Or, or the same same character names, not the same people. I guess. It, it's not... The people that went through the stuff in Desperation, they, they don't then go through the regulators, but they have the same names. It's like, he wrote them both at once, so... It was, yeah. I do so much coke, he couldn't fucking just keep it all in one book. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had those problems, right? Okay, uh, I'm just like the things like never mind <laughs> the things he does with his coke addictions <laughs> right way did, to be positive <laughs> um it's a Norway rat by the way uh I think that's a Stephen Kingism I don't know what a Norway rat is but I feel like I've heard that in a lot of his books I don't is that <laughs> different than a Swedish rat I'm not real sure uh I've never heard rats named by countries <laughs> Yeah, no, and my, all I can think is it's just a rat. Like the rat yeah. that I'm picturing is a, probably a Norway rat. Although, have you seen Graveyard Ship? I'm assuming those are Norway rats. Because um, that's a Stephen King book. I thought that um, was a short stories. It is. I'm saying book, just generally speaking. Oh, okay. Graveyard Ship is in a uh, night shift, I think. Oh, um, oh. So, you know, it's. You know, they clean out the basement and there's a bunch of rats and the rats keep getting bigger and bigger until they find the queen. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm 
I'm picturing those rats, and I guess those are Norway rats because that's a Stephen King. And he worked graveyard shift, of course. Came he worked in some kind of paper mill or something for like two months, and like before he got a teaching job or something. So the graveyard shift came from. He was like, like they had rats there, and he's like, what if there was a lot of rats and they got really that's big? Exactly what I was thinking. I was like, that sounds like a story of something in real life, and then it grew like it always does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What, what does he say? Write about what you know, right? We were, so at work the other day, somebody was talking about how, like, something about going into the bathroom and then, like, going in to find them in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, there's a short story about that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> people never coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> Which one's that? Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's also in Night Shift. People uh, not coming out of the bathroom? Isn't that the... Is that the one the uh tiger in the title no that's but never mind that's where he walks in and sees the tiger <laughs> here here there be tigers that's skeleton crew maybe it's from skeleton crew then i just remember like like somebody doesn't come back from the bat maybe he, maybe he just talked about writing that story there's one where uh the guy has to crawl through the back of an outhouse which is particularly horrible you know yeah. now that i think about it i think I think it was him giving a speech and saying how he never wrote the story. That's what it was. He never wrote it because he didn't know how to end it. But it was the idea was like a girl goes into the bathroom and never comes out. So then like a teacher goes in to look for her and they never come back. So then like the principal goes in and it escalates. So like the army goes in. Like I think I know what you're talking about. He's talking about uh, uh, like when you go to the rest stops on the highway and you see the, the random writing on the stalls. He, he had an idea about it, like somebody starting to see messages on the, so he was traveling from rest stop to rest stop to like find the secret place that the secret messages on the stalls were pointing to uh, and then that, 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 so I think that's probably the same story then he goes in and disappears somebody else disappears uh, but he never he, like I said, he never wrote it because he never really knew where to take it it never formed into a full-fledged idea yeah, i remember him saying he was like i never wrote it because i don't know how to end it he's like if you got one let me know yeah well, i mean that never <laughs> stopped him before so. <laughs> um that's probably my favorite part of the first movie when he's talking to bill benbro he's like no nah, i don't like the ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, okay, oh, there's where I wrote fucking Stan. <laughs> yeah, to, to you, Stan said, but if I had tried that, nothing would have happened because you've got your brother, Bill, but I don't have anything. And Even then that Bill, doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I'm like, well, why? Maybe it's because they're just kids and they can't comprehend it. But I'm like, well, that's the same that's thing. His, <laughs> if that's his logic... Well, then none of them have anything because Bill's the exactly. only like you have to have a sibling that died to relate because then none of them have uh, anything. That's yeah. what I mean. So I'm like, what is what are you trying to say there? Dan was right. Why did they come into its lair with nothing but their two stupid silver slugs? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think I've said that several times. Why? why uh, I like it. What he says, he saw Stan's panic leap from one of them to the next to the next, like a grass fire driven by a hot wind. <laughs> yeah, it's good uh, metaphor. <laughs> and of course, you know, as if in a dream, Ben heard Miss Davies, the assistant librarian, reading the little ones. Who is that chip chopping mm-hmm. on my ear? Mm-hmm. Now that I know, I see it everywhere. But like, I, I, I didn't actually know that 
this giant ass book came from a stupid little kid's poem that's about a paragraph long I also don't remember seeing it so much before like it didn't even stick out in my mind yeah it's like that yeah. and the f- how much float and balloons are in here yeah and pom poms <laughs> yep <laughs> you got your bird yeah I wrote down this is confusing this whole thing with Stan and the birds I don't and I still like we said earlier if Stan's all about these birds why didn't he see the damn bird why did Mike see the bird I feel like Mike should have seen the two dead kids floating in the standpipe and and uh Stan should have seen the birds because in every other part he's all about the birds except for when he saw Pennywise it, it still doesn't make sense but I think he saw the bird because his dad or whatever yeah it was his dad wasn't it saw the bird too but like why did his dad see the bird no that's a good point that's probably exactly why he saw it, it was keeping it in the family yeah um I don't know doesn't I don't know he, he was in the moment um, yeah, and Stan's scene also was like not really like it was terrifying probably one of the scariest honestly in my opinion but it wasn't directly like it didn't really seem it was terrifying at him. If, it had, if it had been anybody else I'd have been like oh my god but it was Stan I was like meh yeah so Stan saw some dead kids yeah. in a dark <laughs> empty like well basically giant well I was more fascinated by what a horrible way to go like just swim till you die yeah. Um, I was. I didn't feel that bad for Stan because all he did was watch. <laughs> Stan well, my point was, I'm not invested. It, it wasn't like Stan themed. It was just terrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because if it was Stan themed, it would have been a goddamn bird. Right. Mike stole his bird from him. It, it, you- it does seem like a weird thing to do. Amber, did you notice the moose blower was in a sterno can? Do you remember the sterno cans? Uh, it's coming back to me now that you say that. And they that... were under the Dixie Pig chasing, uh, I think, Mordred. The sterno cans were lighting the way. Right, right. <laughs> Don't they it's use like it? a little, It's like a little instant flame thing, like you would put under a, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a buffet table to keep the keep it warm. Because they were going to use something else and it didn't work, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to that one day. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, just thought uh, he's definitely a big fan of sterno cans because they show up a lot. <laughs> I guess in Maine, uh, when it snows a foot every couple weeks, the power goes out, so they probably use sterno cans more often than that. <laughs> to do what though? Like heat Light, themselves? Heat, <laughs> oh. heat cook? Uh, you know, whatever you got to do. Hmm. Which, um, have either of you guys read any of Joe Hill? That guy. <laughs> um, a little bit, not a lot. I have one of his books, but I haven't read them. I have two of them. So he, he's also really good. I went on a, um, binge of some of his books a while ago, but in his book, um, I think it's 20th Century Ghosts or 21st, whatever, it's it has ghosts in the title um it's a book of short stories and one of them is about a giant grasshopper and i'm like hmm, i wonder if he got that from his dad <laughs> didn't uh in the tall grass isn't that joe hill or is that stephen king that's stephen king oh he no he did it was both of them or at least he gave oh. joe hill some credits 
maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was weird. Did you watch that? I'm not sure I liked that one. Uh, I thought it was a good story, but it made me seriously uncomfortable, and I don't know why. Well, that means it's a real good story. Right, exactly. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's why I didn't like it. it I, I just kind of wanted it to be over. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. All right, so they're in the bathroom. The toilet exploded before they got there. Richie, um, so... You know the theory of Schrodinger's cat, where it's both dead and alive till you open the open box it. and you look at it and make it exist in one state or another. Right. That's what I think Richie did with it in the house. What do you mean? Because um, since Richie, he was the first one, when, when it the when it comes, yeah, when when it comes rushing oh. up, he's like the werewolf. It's the werewolf. So then they all see the werewolf. Yeah, so yeah. That makes Richie kind of turned it into the werewolf by saying that, uh, which I think is kind of what they wanted, anyways, for the silver dwarf. Yeah, right, I think they're exactly. kind of assuming werewolfy type stuff. Yeah, because so maybe he didn't actually turn it into maybe just, I don't know because they they were yeah. definitely doing the silver thing already. Um, I mean, and I then Beverly, Beverly was in trouble, so Ben turned into the hero. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he talks about is it this where he's thinking about kissing her and it's like horrible and awesome at the same time uh, I think so that happens actually that happens a couple times he couldn't he didn't dare <laughs> think of it and he couldn't not think of it or something he said oh uh, yeah um so yeah it comes through the floor Ben gets scratched up Beverly shoots it and it runs back down Oh, the number on the high school jacket is thirteen. I don't. Does that mean anything other than just generally unlucky number? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, it seemed like so obvious, and I'm like, oh, is it? Yeah, he's like it's thirteen. Like enough said. I don't even need to explain that. Um, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Give me a second. I gotta run to the uh, somewhere. Okay. Be right back. <laughs> Which I feel like I've seen a lot of merch, especially when the new movie came out for um, like Pennywise and It and all of that. And I'm really surprised that I haven't seen a bomber jacket made like that. Yeah. Was that in the the new version? I, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember but either. I feel like if they were pulling stuff from it, whether it be the book or the movies... Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> I kind of want to make something like that, or try to at least. <laughs> It's—I don't know if it's the way he describes it, or like again, like my dad said, I'm picturing like uh, Michael J. Fox's character, but like I can picture it so vividly, and it's like it's scary because it's a werewolf. But I'm also thinking like out of all of the things that they've seen, like that might be like one of the easier to digest. Although you know, eh, still yeah, because it looks goofy almost. Yeah. I think I need Amber. I need that jacket for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> I don't even know if you can do that. But, well, I could probably get it custom made or something. Anyway, yeah. Um. Yeah, I picture Michael J. Fox. That's just because I'm old, I guess. I can't help it. No, I said I do too, and it, like I said, 
picturing that version of the werewolf makes it almost easier to digest than a lot of the other things that we've seen, like the leper or the mummy or I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, the werewolf on picture is definitely more user friendly than the one that exists in this scene. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got it's up on it's even up on the top of its legs, like a you know a classic or it's the top of its feet. It doesn't stand on its whole feet. It stands on the balls like a yeah. like an animal would, and it's got the dripping snout. And, uh, it's not Michael J. Fox like that's for sure. New. So, um, they face it. And he still, he says that a lot. I'll kill you all. It's almost like, maybe he is starting to get scared of it now because he's, it's like he's talk, almost trying to talk himself into it. I'll kill you all. Really? I'm going to do it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he says that a lot. Yeah, like, you don't believe me. It's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, buddy. You've been saying that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Tell me something I haven't heard before. <laughs> like, you need a new routine. Uh, right, it's been 30 years, and you're still saying that shit. Um, like the house snapped back like an elastic. Shouldn't there be another word there? Does the house snap back like an elastic? That's it. Well, Shouldn't there be an elastic? Is elastic a noun? <laughs> I didn't think it was, but uh, I sure guess it is now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with the author. That's for sure. Um. And his editor. It was gone in the wake the silence was very loud. So yeah, the house went from being stretchy to being normal. Um I guess they don't talk about the next time they're gonna have to face it, but I I guess we're gonna find out because I thought it was Kneebold Street, but maybe maybe I'm thinking of this scene. Because in my head I remember them going to Kneebold Street to face it. But, yeah, uh, I think like I think you're right. I mean, let me back up. I also thought that they went into Neville Street for their final child confrontation, but I think I was thinking of this scene, and I think there's another part where they go into the Baron. Okay. I guess we're going to find out. That sounds, that feels right. And, I also, um, oh yeah, well this is the part where he's talking about fear and power at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Uh, before the interlude, you mean? Mm-hmm. I was wondering why Beverly wasn't wearing a bra, or did I take that wrong? They're all I wasn't staring sure at, either how to take that. They're all like staring at her boobs, right? Well, she's, she's, only, like, uh, she's only 10. I don't I don't think I wore a bra when I was 10. Uh, yeah. I think okay. I thought she was 11, but same thing still. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I'm... Maybe, yeah. So um, I was... What? It's like all the bodily changes start happening then. So unless you're like go from nothing to everything, right. you don't really need one yet. That sounds kind Actually, of I was about twelve when I remember uh, Grandma Anna Maria had to have the conversation with me that you are too old to go around topless anymore. <laughs> wow, you made it that far, huh? Yeah, I mean you're a kid; you do it all the time. <laughs> You used to sneak out in your underwear. I remember you were, <laughs> you were like two, and you would have nothing but your like your uh, what do you call it? Training diaper on. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> we had to put a lock up at the top of the door so you stop sneaking out in the morning before we got up. 
There's a world to see out there, okay? Yeah, yeah, all right. You can't constrain me. <laughs> I'm out of here. It's time I was on my own. Um, I mean, I guess that's it for that chapter. Right? Real quick, though, what is the point of chapter, of section 12? Like, it's such a Stephen King is it, but <laughs> nothing much happened for the next two weeks. Like, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't even know if I noticed that the first time. I guess okay. just to tell you that time has passed? Maybe, yeah. like I said, uh, it's one horrible thing after another, so maybe he's giving the characters a break. Yeah, right. Like, they need Letting some time. Letting them, uh, after they just had a big battle, so maybe they're, they're, you know, licking their wounds before they go back at it. Yeah. That is funny, though. He's like, all right, all right, all right. They've done enough for now. Nothing happened for the next couple of yeah, maybe, don't maybe you worry about it. Maybe he didn't write anything for two weeks. Maybe that's what he did. <laughs> he went and sat on the bench and had to think about what to do next. <laughs> and he forgot to take it out of the story. All right. All right. Fourth interlude. Hating on Irish people. I'm not sure how I felt about that. This section I had to read twice because I didn't really understand the first time what was happening. I read <laughs> like, it once. But I don't. Yeah. Okay. So, why was he mad at those people? So, are you talking about Claude? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why so it was seems he... like. Am I right in assuming it seems like they were saying that they're like the four of them were gay? No, I didn't get and... that at all. Uh, that was the impression um... that I got. And then well, it was saying that. Claude loved the other guy, but I see. I couldn't tell if it, it was, was in like, like a, a "I want to be with you" way or "I respect and admire you" and I love. I thought like, it was a, more of a brotherly done? friendship love than a sexual love. That's yeah, I, I couldn't so, tell. I was getting says, that feeling that too, but then why did they hold? Like, why did those guys go and murder them all? murder the three of them and try to kill Claude too I don't know but well yeah okay that's right yeah so they tried to kill him I don't know how they didn't oh he ran away or something he got yeah he escaped so yeah why did they do that and for some reason I had it in my mind uh, that it was because they thought they were gay maybe they just thought that I don't. Oh no, no, no! I don't think mind. gay had anything to do with it. Huh? You're right. You're right. It was the the union. Oh, wait! Oh, is that yeah. why they died because of the union? They didn't want know. them to unionize. It just says, yeah, there there were four lumbermen involved in organizing. Okay, I read. By the way, like I'm still doing the arm surgery thing, so. I was up at three in the morning because I couldn't sleep, so I read this part at like three thirty in the morning. So <laughs> uh, it's a little, it's a little foggy. Maybe that's why I didn't understand what was going on. Um, I see. I've read it twice, and I still have to read it again to understand. Yeah. So it says here. So they were trying um, to start a union, and they got killed for it. Claude got away and came back and killed the people that tried to kill. Right. Right. And I wonder so, how much of all of this is influenced by Pennywise. <laughs> Maybe uh, all. Ninety percent, at least. 
Yeah. Eat bad. Somebody there. So, I would have. I would beat him up. I'm not forming a union. But anyway, think. Right. So. Uh, Times, because. Yeah, the union. Ralph and Jimmy Hoffa was the union. Uh, union hasn't been a thing in like 50 years. I mean, they, not that they don't exist, but that there's labor disputes and all that kind of stuff with them. It still seems insane, though, like that it's like because they're trying to start a union, they go and, and kill them all. Well, they were working for the boss. The boss is the one that didn't want the union. So clearly, like they don't wouldn't care. They were getting paid to stop the movement. Mm. It wasn't um, that they were personally invested in not having a union. They were. The only ones that would care about not having a union is, is the owners, or care about having a union because then you know they have to pay them and give them benefits and be fair about everything. So most of them, there's a lot of strong arming in you know the early first parts of the 20th century with you know business practices weren't uh, exactly on the level. Um, you know, I'm starting. I'm rereading it now. Even I'm like, maybe those other men actually didn't have anything to do with it. Like, did anybody see them actually go there? Oh, he definitely targeted them. But I don't. Well, because I all it that says, loud, I'm not sure that it says that he ever. Does it say that they attacked him? I, I'm, I don't. It just says that four checked in, none checked out. Uh, one of them was never seen again. Blah blah blah. The other two were found floating face down in the river. Bickford was missing his head. Someone had taken it off with a swipe of a woodman's two-hander. Both of Hartwell's legs were gone, and those who found him swore that they had never seen such an expression of pain and horror on a human face. Something had distended his mouth, stuffing out his cheeks. This is, uh, this is the people Claude was with, right? Not right. Pinned to the back of each man's shirt was a paper with the word union on it. I'm like, that sounds like Pennywise. Maybe. But I could see that happening, actually, without Pennywise. I mean, the union part. Because it was, it was definitely a, a thing of contention for a lot of companies at the time. I, uh, I agree. Honestly, I could see it either way. That's why I said I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does seem a little over the top, though. But, yeah, I, and the whole... Okay, so... So, all right, now I know why Claude was mad, because they tried to kill him. It would, seems like an overreaction for trying to start a union, but whatever. I would be mad, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In fact, I don't know that I'd have done anything different. Um, well, I probably, probably wouldn't have had the energy for all that. I'd have got someone else to do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, so all he does... He comes- He's just mentioning that it was these people that had murdered his friends. Like, there's nothing that says that it was them. Yeah. Why did he target them? Is there a... Have we missed a part where it says that they did it? Or he just decided they did it? after that, he'd show up in a joint talking union and swearing he'd have his revenge on the men that had murdered his friends. Maybe it's because he's saying he saw them. That's a good point. He was there. Yeah, Yeah, like, they don't say that he saw... King and Katuk do it, but you just, he was there, so, you know, it's implied. Right. And I like how it gives people nicknames, like El Katuk, and then goes 
nobody knows why. Well, what the? Why did you bother <laughs> this? <laughs> like, you know for, what? I'm sorry. I know this is getting too deep into it, but I'm like, how do we know that it wasn't Pennywise making him think it was those people? <laughs> we don't. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just interesting. Uh, like I said, uh, Pennywise is like a like an amplifier. He he takes the bad and makes it twelve times better. Yeah. Or worse, whatever. <laughs> um. And Eddie King says, "Please, Claude, I got married last month." Well. If that's true, you shouldn't be walking around fucking murdering people. Wait, Eddie King is not one of those names he mentioned. Like, how many people were there? Oh, they no, Eddie King's one of the murderers, not the murderer. Right, he, he says, Hamilton Tracker, William Mueller, and Richard Bowie. <laughs> well, oh, never mind. Were the names he mentioned the most frequently, so there were others. Yeah, Tracker, huh? That guy has a centerfold hanging in his uh, office through a dirty window. That's uh, this book, right? Tracker Brothers was yeah. That was when Eddie went back. Yeah, oh, that yeah. Eddie. Eddie yeah, yeah, never yeah. played a sport in his life. Right, right, right. Um, what was that the train yard? It was like right next to it. Yeah. Like overgrown baseball field behind the Tracker mm-hmm. Brothers. And all the kids looked in the window at the monthly uh, centerfold. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't understand this next part. Um, how is he murdering people and everyone's just like, hey, give me another beer? Yeah, that was. I don't. I... They're just like, oh, yeah, Claw's murdering people again. Um, yeah, play something in the jukebox, guys. I don't. How is everybody not freaking out? Uh, like, I is don't it, know. it? Like when I read it, it's kind of like there's an atmosphere of it's loud, it's a raucous crowd, and maybe, and that's the only thing I think. Maybe they didn't understand what was happening because it was it was like busy Saturday night at a bar kind of thing. Right. So it was, it was just loud. They didn't realize why it was loud behind them. Uh. Well, doesn't but, it say later, though, that, like, they knew it was happening and they just kind of let it go on? Well, they... Yeah, the guy, it? Thoroughgood, I think, kind of says that. Well, and that's yeah. it. And it says that yeah, Claude walks in and orders a beer. Like, he wasn't the most wanted man in the county. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What did Claude do that he was the most wanted man in the county? He just murdered all those people. Oh, that was after he murdered. I think so. I thought he like sat down and ordered the beer and then started killing people. Uh, was yeah, he yeah. in their drinking? What? Oh, I think it was because of the the people who like Claude put on the way. Like they tried to kill him, and for the and because they didn't, he everyone's looking for him. Is, is that what that meant? I think, so they're talking about how no official, oh wait, are they talking about this night? I don't know. I can't tell if he's talking about September 9th or back in May. So far as I've been able to find out, no official warrant was ever sworn out against him and the police never took a hand. Oh, it was the fires. They suspected that he was setting all the fires. Oh, forgot about the fires. 
20 grand with a with a sterno can and something else mm-hmm. maybe there are fears about what he would say if he was brought to trial for arson okay why the hell did he start lighting fires I guess we don't know that do we maybe it wasn't him was he perhaps taken into the woods with the rest of the agitators why didn't he take Hartwell um Oh no! What is it, that? In that section, it was never brought to trial for what happened in the silver dollar because he was hung. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh yeah, the two cops were like, "Nope, we're out of here. Not even dealing with this. Do what you want." <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I'm Thurgood sure. says he does say on the page before, or at least in no page after. I was just reading that where he says we knew. Uh, but it didn't seem to matter. It was like politics in a way, like town business. Best let people who understand politics take care of that and people who understand town business take care of that. What, the, what he's murdering people? Mm-hmm. Interesting way to look and then at. Mike says, are you really talking about fate and just afraid to come out and say so? And he said, oh, yeah, mayhap I am. Mayhap I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am? Mayhap I am. I mean, I, okay, I don't, yeah, I don't understand the implication there. Is there something, is there something I'm missing about uh, calling it fate? So, um, no. I can't tell if they're saying that, like, it's Pennywise influencing him, therefore you don't want to get involved, or if it's, like, good influencing him and you don't want to get involved. <laughs> I think, uh, well, Either yeah. way, well, we I do Pennywise. Good. I just say that it, it feels like a cop-out. It's like, oh, okay. So tell that to the judge. <laughs> right. Um, well, Pennywise is next because he asked them about him. And they're like, oh, it's that guy. I love um, how that always happens, too, where they're like, did you notice anything weird? And they're like, hmm, not really, except for this one clown that was there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing weird about that? <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to be seen. Maybe he, what did they say? Maybe he was a politician. <laughs> uh, at the gunfight. This one, he said, seen him a few times since then. Figure maybe he had such a good time that night he decided to stick around. Uh, <laughs> there's probably a lot of truth to that. Like, there's probably towns where Pennywise wouldn't be as successful. Mm-hmm. Not that he wouldn't be able to kill people, but it's much easier when there's already evil. Um, September 1905 ushered in a heightened period of terror that would include the Easter tide explosion of the Kitchener Ironworks. And then he goes on, what does it really eat, Chris? Well, I like this. I never thought about this, that why it's 27 years, because it gives the people that he preys on enough time to refresh. Like, you know, those those same people are going to be adults now. <laughs> or then, they're going to be new children who won't have heard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. New time, new time for fresh terrors and then he said like oh maybe he just goes back and takes a nap and wakes up and like to him it's just like a couple hours <laughs> like you know he eats and then he's full so he takes a nap and then he wakes up and he's like yeah well it's on the menu today um, I like that line right at the end where he says and now now that we no longer believe in Santa Claus the tooth fairy Hansel and Greta or the troll under the bridge it is ready for us of course the troll made it that stupid troll I think at the beginning of this interlude he says something they say something about there's several things we don't talk about blah 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 and he's like and the murder the murder of Claude uh, 
was one of them. Like, why don't they talk about that? Because it's also it's kind of like the Brad Brady gang, whatever it is in this version. I can't <laughs> like, find it. But he said something about like you'll get in trouble if you talk about that in Derry, and that was like, yo, the Kitchener Ironworks, the this and that, and the murder of Claude Giroux, or not Giroux, that's a Flyers guy, whatever his name, Hero. Claude Hero. Is that French for hero? I don't know actually. Did you notice the date that he's uh, writing the fourth interlude? Oh yeah, I did now. <laughs> I turned 15 that day. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, anything else on the interlude? I think we're good, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing I was going to say is that last part of the comeback, and we'll see if you remember the simplest thing of all, how it is to be children, secure in belief and afraid of the dark. I'm like, that definitely, I think, uh, helps the theory of the the things that are about to take place like in order well, they're to gonna pursue. they're gonna have to be to uh succeed right right yeah you have to believe well i don't know you have to be afraid of the dark but you have to be secure in your belief that's for sure i don't know I'm sure about the dark part i don't know what that meant i guess just because all kids are afraid of the dark hell i'm afraid of the dark too but not like i was as a kid i'm afraid of the dark in the sense that like you know, I don't know. I'm not afraid that there's going to be a ghost there. Yeah, I'm not afraid that there's actually something there. Physical yeah. or uh, ephemeral. Uh, <laughs> right. if, if there was, we got a whole other set of problems. Yeah, um, and that would almost make me happy. <laughs> right? Oh, thank God. I'm not just losing my mind. <laughs> there actually is an intruder in my closet. <laughs> um, okay, so... so- all of part five. So I was just For the next one. At... What do we got? Nine eleven to. Oh, that's a big one. It's over three hundred for me. Where would we split it though? Well, with the epilogue, we're going eleven nine hundred. Like yeah, like two fifty. Um, I would split it after under the city, I guess. Yeah. Do 19, 20, and 21. Yeah. And then add 22 to the end. Yeah, with the epilogue and the interlude, yeah. That works. Um, yeah, so like like the last time, the last part will probably be a little small, but then we can like, you know, do the whole, wrap up the whole, our thoughts on the whole book. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. hey, we're actually going to be at the point where we have to figure out what's next. I mean, <laughs> so, I am up for anything. I'm not sure where to go. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. There's so many places to go. That, you know, in the end, all things serve the beam. So <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know if we're ready to go there yet, but I'm always ready to go there. Although we do uh, keep bringing up the tower, so maybe we do need to go there next, so she knows what we're talking about at least from now. On. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a bad idea. That's, you know, that's that, an investment. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the next year at least. Probably longer than that. Um, I also don't have any of the Dark Tower books, so. No, you don't have any yet. 
True. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, so two weeks, we'll do part five. 20, what was it? 21, 22, and 23? Did I get that uh, right? No. 19, 20, 21? 19, 20, yeah. 21. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess the episode's over. Uh, see you in two weeks. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye.